I think he lost. I think he. I of think course, he, you're gonna disagree. No, 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 no. no. I think the Savon fight. He'll be I, no, no, no. If you do I think. Disagree. I think the Savon fight. You were giving that long black no. stuff. Does he slay the video sometimes? Right. I was trying. Don't get me wrong. What, what, what about when this one? What about when this one man was around? Like I said, I was trying. <laughs> they had promoters that didn't bring them to my side and wouldn't allow me to come to this side unless it was on his turn. Chris, would you have been interested? Before we get to that. <laughs> if everybody leave the room, if everybody leave the room and me staying here now, I would walk out. That's and you what, won't. That's why I see your talker. You starting to say all these big words, I'm, I'm starting to take it as disrespect. It wasn't even that long ago, was it? Fury, Joshua, agreed. August 14th, Saudi, 75 million each. Five million on an undercard and yada 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 yada, and here we are. One arbitration decision later, and it's not hanging by a thread, but they've definitely sailed into choppy waters. So, how the hell did we get here? So, if you go back to the first fight between Fury and Wilder. Which, by the way, think how quickly that was agreed and think how visible those two men were in showing that they'd agreed and they'd agreed to sign, right? We saw the videos of the signatures. Whether they signed real contracts, I don't know. But we were left in no doubt that fight was going to happen, even after Hearn told us he'd believe it when he saw it. Oh, he saw it on December 1st, that's for sure. So, so they have the first fight. Then they had the second fight, and the thing about the second fight was there was, a, there was a condition that they would fight again. The rubber, right? Because, and I think I said this at the time, you're trying to keep money in the franchise. They were making good money off those fights. The first one was compelling, so the assumption was the second would be compelling, and therefore the third would be compelling. What ended up happening? It was a blowout. It was an absolute blowout, and I don't think Wilder did himself any favours in preserving the value of the third fight. But the fact is the third fight was written into a contract, and that gave whoever chose to enforce it certain rights. Had Wilder won, and we were in this position with Wilder v. Joshua, Fury would be trying to enforce his rights. Because when you sign a contract, you have rights that are of an economic value. You know, forget morally what's right and what's wrong here. There's an economic value to these rights. So everyone's known that there was this agreement. Whether Hearn's seen the agreement, I don't know. Bob Arum has. Tyson Fury has. Their legal team has. I'm sure Hearn's in the dark due to lawyer-client privilege. He hasn't seen these documents. But they exist. And in the arbitration process, what happened? The arbitrator found that Deontay Wilder had a right to that third fight. Arbitration's a really interesting thing. Because as everyone knows, it's a form of alternative dispute resolution. But what's really good about arbitration, especially when it's written into a contract, it precludes you from going to court to resolve this. So this decision can only be challenged on procedural grounds. You cannot challenge the substance of the decision. You cannot say the arbitrator was wrong in the conclusion he drew. He drew sorry. What you can say is he didn't follow the proper process, which doesn't seem to be the case at the moment. So, as things stand, Deontay Wilder has a right to a third fight with Tyson Fury, which I think they said has to happen this summer. 
Well, Joshua versus Fury has to happen this summer. Both fights can't happen. And if you're Team Fury now, you're regretting not getting, not getting the third fight done because mad, discombobulated Deontay Wilder, spiked water Deontay Wilder was easy pickings for Tyson Fury. All those videos he was making, easy for Tyson Fury. The, the interview, it was all easy for him. Now you're watching the videos of him working with Malik Scott. And I don't know if Wilder can implement all of that in a fight, but you're looking at someone who's clearly prepared to make adjustments. So this is a completely different fight if they go for the third one. So now that's a harder proposition. But if you're in the business of making the money you need to to get your family set up, now you're saying to yourself, if I want to make this money now, I've got to cut this guy in. And the irony is, Joshua's thinking the same thing. If I want to make this money now, I need to cut Deontay Wilder in because there's no guarantee I can stay unbeaten long enough to try and make this happen again. The tsunami of mandatories and final eliminators and jockeying for position in a post-Fury Joshua world means that there's so much pressure on these governing bodies to, to get the belts moving again. Look at the WBC belt. Since Fury's won it, it hasn't been fought for. So there's no sanctioning fees. Joshua fought in December, but it was Pulev. So you weren't getting the number that you're used to. No Wembley crowd. Not a great pay-per-view by all accounts. So there wasn't that much money. So the governing body's like, if this fight doesn't happen, we've got to get our belts back in rotation. So everyone's under pressure to make this happen except for one man who's Deontay Wilder who says, I have a legally enforceable right. The only other person that seems to have this is Fresa Kendo. So kudos to Deontay Wilder for, for do you know I mean, hitting that lottery ticket. So you could be as mad as you want at Deontay Wilder and you can say he doesn't deserve the, the fight. This isn't about what you think. This isn't about what you think he deserves. This isn't about what you think is morally right. This is simply about what was in the paperwork. And according to the paperwork, he deserves this. Our emotions can get in the way and we can say, why wasn't this done sooner? Why didn't Fury get the fight out of the way? Why didn't we do this? Why didn't we do that? If you remember, when these talks first happened, the message coming back from Wilder's side was, oh, they can have their fight if I get to fight the winner. And Eddie Hearn was adamant. He said, we don't need to deal with Deontay Wilder ever. He doesn't have a belt. He's not relevant to us. That attitude, not the words, that attitude may come back to haunt these guys. And I've said it on numerous episodes. You have to be nice to people. A, to keep money in the person. But B, you may have to deal with them again. Now, it is Hearn's problem because Wilder can stop this fight happening. And I have a feeling that Eddie has one fight left with Joshua. This is the one you'd want it to be, right? Before Joshua says, well, hold on. Why am I paying you so much? I can do a lot of this myself. I just need you to put on the event. I'll pay you to put on the event. We will do the rest. I can see that happening at some point. But not only that, just for, for Hearn's accounting, 2020 Pulev, 2021 Usyk, after the disappointment of not having Joshua Fury? That's not in his projections. 
I don't think DAZN care either way. I don't think it moves a needle one way or the other. But the incentive here is on Hearn above all else to make this fight happen. Because if you think about it, if this fight disintegrates, it's Joshua versus whoever, right? And the, the pickings are slim on Joshua's side because it's either, what, Charles Martin? He's already fought him. Who's, who's high up in the WBO? It would have to be like a Dillian, right? So you'd have to have Joshua versus Dillian or Usyk. And then you'd have to have Fury versus Wilder. But that has so much spice now because Wilder's basically messed up Fury's payday. That fight becomes a lot more interesting. Added to the fact that he's now working with Malik Scott, can that make a difference? So Fury's less worried about who he fights next. He's going to make big money. I'm not sure Joshua is, though. So now look at the boxing landscape. Deontay Wilder has a legally enforceable right. That means that before September 15th, he has to fight Tyson Fury. All those times that Wilder's like, I could beat, sorry, Fury's like, I can beat Wilder and Joshua in one night. <laughs> he just might have to, the way things are going. But it's, it is absolutely fascinating because at the one time we, we want to see Eddie Hearn. Where is he? Where, where's the Instagram live? Where's Coogan Cassius? All of these guys have gone missing. Because I have a feeling they were given assurances that Wilder wouldn't be a problem. And I can imagine Hearn is on the phone now trying to work out what the hell this actually means. There's an inquest happening right now and a way forward needs to be determined. Now, I don't know if it's that Fury pays two-thirds and Joshua pays a third of whatever the step aside is, but we don't even know what Al's asking for. But kudos to Al Heyman for looking after his fighter again. Gets him a payday, potentially without even fighting, and possibly a guaranteed shot at the winner of this. Keeps Wilder relevant. That's how you look after your boxer. So maximum respect to Al Heyman for doing his thing. So it's just, it's just occurred to me, maybe this is why Fury hasn't signed a contract. Because had he done so, would he have been in breach of his other contract made him liable for damages? So maybe yesterday he got a signal that said, well, actually, I think the judge is going to rule in our favor, or the arbitrator, sorry. And so he got bullish and confident, and today was different. Or, or the alternative is they've been yanking Hearn's chain all along, and it was... If we drag this out long enough, it doesn't give Joshua an option. He hasn't got a lucrative option. He, it means he has to deal with us. Maybe there was a, a wider strategy that neither Fury nor Joshua were aware of. I don't know. I really, really don't know. I'd like to feel that they wanted this fight to happen. But I always come back to this idea that the American promoters do not want Hearn to succeed. You've just done 73,300 for Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders. You know, you are the number one guy in, in, the, in boxing's revival right now. I don't think Bob and Al want you going too far because originally they were content because they thought Oscar was the, was the handbrake on Eddie Hearn. But Oscar fell off and Eddie's ascended to another level. And if, if this Joshua versus Fury fight does happen, whoo. It gets hard for the American promoters because now Hearn can take their guys and he can say, look at what I deliver. So it comes back to this. You know, some guys are playing checkers and some are playing chess. But we're going to just take a side note. Uh, I do thank Deontay Wilder for giving a lot of us in the boxing world another opportunity to just grift. 
you know, I've seen O'Hara Davis doing his thrown under the bus grift. Everyone's just grifting right now. It's good. They were telling me Rob Tebbit did some kind of clubhouse type scenario. I don't know. But, you know, I don't participate in that. But, nah, everyone's just grifting right now. But it leaves us in this position of what does happen heading into August 14th. I don't think... I just don't see... I don't see that fight happening. But if you know me well, you know that I've never felt the fight could happen. A lot of things... And I mentioned the Wilder thing. Like, it was always the elephant in the room. And I just feel a lot of things just aren't right. And I come back to this point. Everyone wanted the fight to happen this summer except for seemingly Anthony Joshua Tyson Fury and everybody not called Eddie Hearn. And when that's the attitude, you get these kinds of problems. I, I genuinely think if you were to ask Joshua and Fury where they want to fight, they want to fight in the UK, they want to fight at Wembley, they want to be amongst their family, their friends, their people. That's how you make history. The money's nice, but you're going to make nice money here anyway. You're going to make really nice money here anyway. But it gets interesting when you delve deeper and you go, if Hearn has one fight left with Joshua, and Joshua then has to fight someone in the interim before he can fight Fury, where does that Joshua Fury fight go in the States? Probably not deserved. Interesting how this is going to play out because. Anthony Joshua knows he'd make more money having it on pay-per-view in the United States, possibly in Showtime, who he has a relationship with, than it would ever make it on the zone. It's just the way of the, it's just the economics of it, really. But I also don't want to rule out the notion of fairy tale boxing. Maybe this is just a big storyline for the fans. Maybe this has been scripted. Because remember how Fury ended up in Saudi. The WWE. And that was scripted. It was a story that culminated in a certain point. Maybe they're all in on it. Now I'm being conspiratorial. But maybe this is the storyline. Build the fans' hopes up. False finish. Drop them. Build them up again. Drop them. So when it finally happens, we're all there like, oh my god, I so need to consume this. But I just think as boxing fans, we're different to wrestling fans. They're conditioned to that roller coaster. We just like to get from A to B. So I don't want to waffle on too much about this because to be honest with you, I think social media has got this thing nailed pretty much at the moment. But what I will say is we're right back where we started with all of this. What's real and what's not? The $155 million didn't feel real. The August the 14th didn't feel real. The lack of signing contracts made me believe this isn't real. The fact that we're in May and no press tour has been arranged that just made me cynical. A lot of things made me cynical because remember, you've got to do the press tour in the first month or so, right? Because for the next eight weeks, these guys are in camp. And it doesn't seem any of that even happened. How are you going to do a press tour during COVID? How? How are you going to do that? You know, none of it made any sense. You know, you've got, you've got Fury in the States, you've got Joshua in the... None of this has made any sense so far. And so that's why I was cynical, but probably not conspiratorial. Let me not go that far. 
So all of this was up in the air because I think deep down people knew that Wilder was a massive elephant in the room. Now that the elephant's been revealed, we now need to work out what the size of it is. Now, when you have contractual rights that Deontay Wilder has, they're worth anything from zero to 155 million. Now it just depends on how important it is for everyone to get paid. Do you pay him 5 mil? Probably not. Closer to 10? Maybe. 15? Maybe. Or do you do, you can get 7 mil and a guaranteed shot at one of these two? Probably at Joshua. But then does Joshua want to do that? I don't know. And so we go back to when Hearn was offering that funny contract to Wilder, which was you can fight Dillian White and then you get two fights with Joshua. The disrespect they were showing a legit champion. The, all of this comes back to Horn. But if you ask me how this works, it works like this. For the fight in August to happen, which I'm cynical about, they've got to pay Wilder a significant amount of money and give him what he wants because the clock is ticking. If not, Fury must fight Wilder before September 15th. Okay? So you fight him September 15th. That's roundabout Mexican Independence Day. So now you're clashing with Canelo. So this isn't even good. So we're going to go from... Let's think about this. Fury versus Wilder. Okay? If, if he has to do what he's told, straight into Canelo season, post-Canelo season... That's given Fury four to six weeks to recover, which he's going to need. And so when does the fight happen? 2022. And I've been saying this for a long time. The fight can't happen until 2022. Meanwhile, Joshua will have to work out how on earth he keeps his belt. I don't see how he does it. He's going to get the letter from the IBF, and they're not going to keep delaying because they don't need to. You know, the WBA are a basket case. They're not going to do anything. And then the WBO is obviously Usyk. So Usyk's probably first in line. But it's a mess, and someone has to provide clarity to this and stop lying to the fans. Don't expect Coogan to get any truth. He's just out for his views, as Prince Patel would say. So it's up to you as fans to keep harassing Hearn until we get answers. Stop retweeting his nonsense. Just ask him the real questions, what the hell's going on, and how, how have we ended up having our chains yanked for the last three or four months? It's disappointing. But I have enjoyed the fact that Wilder's just reinserted himself back at the top table of this thing we call heavyweight boxing. But I'm going to slide out now, guys. So enjoy this, and I'll be back to more, more sensible boxing content soon. But you take care. Bye.